This is the Lacrosse Classified Podcast on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and indoor lacrosse. Each week, we'll cover the hottest storylines and talk to the biggest names in the sport. Now, let's talk some lacrosse. All right, lacrosse fans, you found us once again. Episode 41 of Lacrosse Classified. Lax Class is here, right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Back with you. This is a Monday as we're going to release you a day early. Uh, because of the big Minto Cup semifinal game. We'll get to that here momentarily. Let's bring in my partner right off the get-go, Evan Scheminauer. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Great week of lacrosse behind us. An unbelievable finish to the Founders' Cup. And a week where we had to go searching for the F. And that's what we like to see. That You know, not a whole lot's going wrong with the world of lacrosse that, you know, we've got a lot of top grades and very few at the bottom this week. Yes, uh, always always a pleasant week when we don't have to uh, have something very negative to talk about. And uh, we we still got a decent F here and a D, but uh, nothing too egregious, which is good. Big program coming up this week. We're going to give the province of Alberta some love here, Evan, as uh, – the general manager of the Okotoks Raiders, Andrew McBride, will join us here in about 15 minutes' time. His Okotoks Raiders are into the semifinal. They will take on the Victoria Junior Shamrocks, who came up with a monumental performance last night against the defending champs in the final day of the round robin and beat the Coquitlam Junior Adnacks to get into the semifinal themselves. The Adnacks, the defending champs, Evan, they're out. They're out, and they... They could have lost that game by two and still been in, and they got absolutely smoked. It was six nothing at the end of the first. Absolute shocker. Yes, indeed. But uh, give Victoria some credit. They played a heck of a game after a real. So they got blown out twelve to one by the Northmen in their first game, and you thought it was going to be another kind of Delta Islander performance uh, for the newcomers at the Minto Cup. But they responded very well. They got better as the tournament goes along, and I think they're feeling pretty good. Going into tonight's semifinal against Okotoks. Um, so we'll see what happens there. We'll talk to Andrew McBride. And then we are going to talk to another man from Alberta, the head coach of the Founders champion, Calgary Shamrocks. Jason Crooks, the head coach, will join us here in about 30 minutes from now. So uh, Alberta getting some love here on Lax Class this week, Evan. And I love it because the RMLL uh, leak that doesn't get enough attention. It's kind of that viewed still kind of as that weak brother in the junior A ranks, especially. Um, but the first time in ten years, a junior B team outside of Ontario won the won the Founders. That's a massive accomplishment. The Raiders into the semifinal. If they make the final. That's a massive accomplishment for the Rocky Mountain League, especially in a league where they sometimes have a difficult time convincing players from other provinces to come play where you can be the star, whereas you might not necessarily be the star in a te- on a team in, the- in another league. Yeah. No, Raiders made the semifinal last year in Okotoks against Coquitlam, but if they can make the final, that would be history for that program and the province of Alberta. And you mentioned uh, the first time that a team outside Ontario has won the Min- or the Founders since uh, 10 years ago. I, our, our buddy 
Adi Stotts was a little off on his math. It was 11 years ago um, that his Six Nations team won. But this is only the fourth time in the history, Evan, that a non-Ontario team has won the Founders Cup. Like, this is a big, big deal. And not only for Founders history, but like you mentioned, for Alberta lacrosse. This is a massive accomplishment here for the Shamrocks. Well, maybe let's get into our letter A, Gray, because we know exactly what it is at this stage. Yeah, all right, let's do it. Uh, Stampede Tax weekly report cards are coming up right now, and you know by now, but if you don't, they're more than just a boot store. They carry a wide range of hats. Speaking of hats, we're going to give away another hat uh, this week. And uh, we're going to tell you who won the hat from last week as well, coming up later on who you got. So stay tuned for that. But back to my promo read here. They keep you protected from the sun, rain, wind, snow, you name it. Camping, fishing, hiking, anything you do outdoors, Stampy Tack and Western Wear will have a hat for you. They're out there in Cloverdale. They've been there since 1967, Evan. You can find them online as well. They haven't been there since 1967 because the Internet didn't exist back then. Stampede.ca, shop online. It's still shopping local. Report cards, report cards, report cards. Here we go. We're going to start with F because Evan uh, decided that's what he wants to do, and I'm okay with it. Now, I've kind of changed this up on you again, Evan. I was up late. Uh, I think I sent you like a text at like 2 in the morning. I'm sorry about that, but F. Oh, I got it. Okay, we're going uh, to start with F here. And for me, like I talked about this on day two of the Minto Cup and took a little heat for discussing it a little too long. And rightly so, I suppose I went off in a bit of a tangent a little too long during the game about the different sets of rules in Junior A Lacrosse between the BC Junior A Lacrosse League, the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League, and the Ontario Junior A Lacrosse League. When it comes to playoff time and picking up players, affiliating with teams, trading with other teams before the deadline. All three of these leagues, Alberta, Ontario, British Columbia, are all playing for the same championship, the Minto Cup. Okay, so stay with me here. Three different leagues, all playing for the same trophy. And all three of these leagues, Evan, have different rules when it comes to picking up or trading players here in bc where i'm from their advantage in bc is that they can rent players they can essentially trade a player at the deadline and then he goes back to the team that he was traded from to start the next year not something that the other two leagues have in their quote-unquote rule book in ontario you're a junior a team you have a junior b team like the northmen do and a very good junior B team, I might add, they can pick players up from there. But there's also 24 other junior B teams in the province of Ontario, and they can choose one of those teams to affiliate with and pick up guys like Sam Firth and Ty Thompson, who are in their top four in scoring at the Minto Cup from Nepean. So in Ontario, you can pick up players from not one, but two different junior B teams to affiliate with. In the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League, after the finals are over, which went seven games between the Mounties and the Raiders, the winning team is then allowed to pick up three additional players from any team in the league to bolster their roster. I cannot 
understand this. Get my head around how you can have three leagues all playing for... And listen, I get registration numbers. I get the amount of teams. I get the geography of it all. But don't tell me that these three leagues can't get together and get on the same page. Again, this goes back to the rule books from each league being completely different and fans not knowing what the hell they're watching. Don't tell me these three leagues can't get together and get themselves on a level playing field. They're playing for the same championship and all have different sets of rules, and they don't even need approval from the CLA or other leagues to make up these rules. They just make them up, and as long as their league approves it, away you go. Explain this to me, how this makes any sense. Okay, I mean, part of it is the CLA, okay? The reason that the Rocky Mountain League is allowed to pick up three players from any team within the league is a CLA rule. And because they are basically a level two junior A program, they're allowed to do that, whereas the level ones, the BC and Ontario leagues, are not. Um, I get that, Evan, but that's stupid. It, do- it doesn't make it right, no. Now, here's my main problem with it in that let's say I'm a player that's fairly deep in the lineup. I've played with this team all year, and all of a sudden we win the championship, and now somebody else is coming onto the roster and taking my spot. I'm sitting up in the press box the entire tournament at the Minto. Am I too pleased with that? Absolutely not. Luckily with the Raiders... They only picked up two players, one of them being Lane Rushka from the Saskatchewan SWAT, who hasn't played. He is sitting there in the event of an injury to a goaltender at this stage. Backed up last night. Was on the bench last night. Yep. Okay. Didn't play, but he so, backed up. Okay. But at least, you know, the backup is getting an opportunity to play on the bench. That's not as egregious. But still, what is it that... Unless you've got an injury and you need to take a player to fill a roster spot, why are you allowing all these teams to massively alter their lineups once they get to the finals? It yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, and if you want to do that, then make it the same for everybody. I, like, again, I go back to Ontario, and not only can they affiliate with their Junior B program, but then go out and find guys like Ty, like Ty Thompson should have been playing A-ball <clears throat> excuse me, all season long. The guy is an impressive player, as is Firth. Like, really, really good players who have been playing Junior B all season long in the Pian, which is out near Ottawa, nowhere near Orangeville. And Orangeville, obviously, they know this. They know how good these guys are, and that's why they decided to affiliate with Nepean. And I, and in, in Junior Junior B here, like, you, you couldn't do that because there's just not enough Junior B teams. And you want to give these kids an opportunity to play Junior A lacrosse. I... I don't know what the specific answers are, but I really think if all these three leagues are going to be playing for the same championship, there needs to be some continuity between the three leagues and have a bit of a level playing field because right now the way it is, it's completely disjointed. And I don't know you know, who's got the advantage from one year to the next as far as how the rules are set up now, but it's not right. And that's why it's getting an F. we got to move on here, Evan, because uh, we got to get to our guests coming up. D is a fairly straightforward one here, and it's going to be a fairly quick one. And we saw, we've seen this scenario multiple times this year where a team will get on a run, you know, three, four goals, whatever it may be, and the coach will make the signal to the backup goaltender that it's time to make the switch and to get in the game. 
And there you look over, and the goaltender's uppers are laying off to the side of the bench. His helmet's somewhere down the tunnel. His gloves and stick are in another. And it takes him five, six minutes to get ready and get in the game. Sometimes they can't even get ready fast enough to get in the game, and the game continues. We saw it last night at the Minto Cup, or maybe it was the day before, where there wanted to be a goal to, and the refs literally put the game on hold and allowed the it team. It was the night before in the Raiders Shamrocks yeah. game. Like for me, every other player on that bench has his helmet, gloves. St- I know it's hot. You're in an air conditioned building. Be ready for your team to get in the game when your number is called. I don't see the big deal about wearing your I, goalie union's going to come after me here, Evan. Bring it on. I don't really care. Be ready. There's no. I've seen goalies do it all the time. They keep their gear on. They're ready to play. And then I see a bunch of other goalies take off their stuff and sit there and not be ready. You never know when a goalie is going to go down and you're going to have to go in or whether he's going to let a few stinkers in and it's time to go. Be ready to play. Keep your uppers on. Goalies who aren't prepared are getting a D. Evan, I'm not even going to let you talk. I'm going to move yeah. on because we're short on time. Going to letter grade C. And... I kind of got a split here, Evan. The Founder Stream, which was free all week long, I love it, but the quality was a little, little suspect. You know what I mean? It was kind of blurry, and they. But it was free. It was free, so you're getting to see the Founder Stream. The other one I wanted to mention was the NLL Hall of Fame, and we've talked about this uh, in weeks gone by. It's been forever since somebody has gone into the NLL Hall of Fame. One of the objectives was to revamp and revitalize the Hall of Fame when Commissioner Nick Sakevich has taken over. It's been a couple of years now, Evan, and still no word out of the NLL about what's happening with the Hall of Fame. And there's guys sitting there that deserve to go in that have to wait, and I don't know what they're waiting for. So the NLL is getting a C-letter grade here for just kind of sitting on their hands with this thing. Right, and let's put it this way. There is one massive name which would take all of five seconds to approve into the Hall of Fame and John Grant Jr. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like I don't get it. Are they trying to create a hall? Because they used to actually, well, they used to, of course, have the awards, sure, uh, the awards ceremony, and that's when and they, they would coincide. Actually, yeah, right. Uh, maybe that's the issue because now they have the awards on online rather than in a, an awards ceremony, which I also don't like. But, I, I don't like that either, but, you know, get this going. I mean, either you have a Hall of Fame or you don't. If you just want to close it down, fine, but, well, you know. If they are doing something and it's taking this amount of time to get it right and to make it look beautiful and, and, and honor the people that deserve to be, then I'm okay with that, but just maybe give the fans an update on what's happening, like how long it's going to be, when we can we expect somebody else to go in, is there going to be a place to go to view all of this stuff, like, Give the fans an update on what's going on because it's been quite some time and we've heard absolutely nothing. So, the Founders Stream and the NLL Hall of Fame, you get the C this week. B letter grade, Evan. Oh, my goodness. Uh, You posted up a picture the other day on Facebook. (laughs) I can't even look at it with a straight face. Yeah, uh, tell me what year this is from. And you will understand what the whole thing is about. (laughs) Tell me me what year this is from. If you haven't seen it, it's just hang on. Just hang on a second. (laughs) 
It's Evan in the stands wearing a traditional, I would have to assume, is a, tra- <laughs> a traditional Bermudan outfit here. He's got like a blazer on, a tie, these pleated shorts and high... <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, this is a photo that popped up on my memory wall on Facebook, and it's from the 2006 World Championships. For those new to the program, I played for Bermuda back in the 06 Worlds. And when you go to the Worlds, this is the absolute traditional must wear outfit. Even players or even athletes in the Winter Olympics, there's a couple of Bermudians in the Winter Olympics. It may sound strange. Wear, we'll wear this suit in the opening ceremonies out in the cold. It's it, now the the tradition behind it's a little long. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we this is actually stuff that we would wear to work on a regular basis, where it's. It's like a dress pants short with a knee-high sock, and you, you can't go without the knee-high sock. And you get colorful with it sometimes. I got a set that's pink shorts and yellow socks. I kid you not here, which would really blow your mind. But this is the traditional navy blazer, red shorts, blue socks. Now, the reason I posted this photo isn't because of the suit. Uh, and there were a lot of photos in this mix, which were like Gary Gate, Jessawicki, Jeff Snyder, but the reason the, the photo that me, meant the most to me is Chris Sanderson, and a couple of reasons. One, he's no longer with us, but two, he actually asked me to for the photo. Yeah. It wasn't me going up there and asking him, yeah. and that meant a lot. You know, a fabulous guy, really funny guy, and it's you know he's still missed. Okay, uh, absolutely, absolutely. I actually mentioned Sandy last night uh, as as one of the Northmen was wearing his old number forty two, uh, Cascanet, I believe. Uh, so Evan in high socks and Bermuda shorts, <laughs> posing with Chris Sanderson at the World Championships for a picture. You're getting a B this week. Uh, a, a shout out to the Victoria Shamrocks and Connor Robinson. Uh, fantastic game one in the WLA finals. Went to double overtime, and my boy Robbo, uh, member of the rush there, Evan, got the double OT victory to tie the or get the one nothing lead for the Shamrocks in that series. The Birds have tied it up with a 10-7 victory last night. Um, but that double OT game in game one was spectacular, and Robinson got the winner, so he's getting a honorable mention B this week. Honorable mention A uh, coming up, Rylan Hartley allowed one goal in a Minto Cup game against the Victoria Shamrocks as the Northmen beat Victoria in the opening game of the Minto. 12-1, to 1, Evan. This Ryland Hartley kid mm-hmm. is the real deal. And, and it wasn't like Victoria had 20 shots on goal. I think they were in the 40s. Oh, yeah. They not? Yes, game? they were. Yeah, so, you know, Rochester took a massive gamble. I wouldn't say massive. But they took a gamble in the expansion draft, picking him knowing that they might have to wait a couple of years to get him into production, but that could end up being their star player from that expansion draft. Absolutely. I think he's really going to push for a starting job against Steve Fryer for uh, the starting job there in Rochester coming up, man. The kid can play some goal. Our A letter grade is going to the Calgary Shamrocks. We mentioned it. They won the Founders Cup. We don't want to spend too much time on that because we're going to talk to the head coach of the Shamrocks coming up. But the Calgary Shamrocks, you're getting the A this week. 
for winning the Junior B Canadian Championship, the Founders Cup. We'll and, talk to Jason Crooks. And what a up. heart attack! It was what, a what wild game. Heart attack final. We're gonna talk it's to Crooks. Tw- We're gonna talk to Crooks about it. We got Andrew McBride <laughs> waiting. He just finished up shoot around Evan. We gotta get to him here on Lacrosse Classified. Otherwise, we're going to lose him. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get the general manager of the Okotoks Raiders on the other side. You got it right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Hey, this is Bruce Codd, head coach of the Junior A Orangeville Northman. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars. Welcome back to Lax Class here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Uh, report cards, good report cards there. Coming up, something else very good. The Okotoks Raiders have punched their ticket into the semifinal. They'll play the Victoria Junior Shamrocks tonight at Minto Cup Day 4 for the right to play the Northmen in the best of five final. And we'll welcome the general manager of the Okotoks Raiders and also the assistant coach of the Colorado Mammoth. It's Andrew McBride back on the program. Brider, thanks for doing this. Thanks, fellas, for having me. Our pleasure, man. Uh, well, walk me through the, the opening three days here of the Minto Cup, Andrew. Gotta, I mean, it's it's been pretty impressive to watch your team. A, a young squad coming in, but they work extremely hard, and that hard work has got them into the semifinal game. you got to be pretty impressed with what you've seen. Definitely. I couldn't be happier for the boys, uh, for the coaching staff, Mitch Baxter and Jesse Fair. They really prepared the boys well all year. I think we've come out and we've done what we needed to do to be successful. Um, we're a team that works extremely hard, that needs to do the little things. I know it's a cl- cliche in lacrosse, but I think you've seen the little things have really made a difference the first three games, and it's going to be something we're going to need to do against Victoria to be successful. Uh, when you don't have maybe the top-end guy like a Donville, it's about working as a group and all pulling on the rope in the same direction. And I think everyone to a man has stepped up. I think it's been the best team efforts that I've seen in a long time from a Raiders group. And we really do have a lot of belief amongst each other. And that also goes a long way. Taking a step back early in the season, you guys were actually in the last place for a short while when the season started. Saskatchewan held the lead most of the year. The Mounties took over. What was it that this team just continued to build and build and build all the way through the Rocky Mountain Finals and into the Minto? Well, I think our league this year in general was tight. You know, you mentioned the Mounties and Edmonton Sass. We really had a close league, and I think that allowed for the guys to play in some tight games, to get battle-tested, to be in situations that maybe our teams in the past hadn't been in. Uh, In previous years, we've really had a lot of success in the regular season and showed well in the Minto, but never really made a serious push. I think the ability to play in close games, to play where you're trailing, to be in situations where we went on losing streaks, really allows you to be prepared for different situations and allows the moment not to be too big. And I think that's the big thing with this group, that the moment isn't too big. Um, tonight, it's another game for us. We've been here in Game 7s all year. And I think the confidence in these guys have showed um, is going to really translate. So playing in close games and situations allows you to do things that you're not comfortable to do. Uh, it's easy to be a front runner in lacrosse when things are going well, but this team is probably the most battle tested and resilient team I've seen with my time here at the Raiders. Speaking with, how long has it been with the Raiders? It's over a decade now, Andrew. Yeah, I think this is my 12th year being involved. You know, it's funny to to play against the Northmen, the one, and having Bruce Codd be one of the first coaches in the program. <laughs> yeah. Brad MacArthur actually flew in right. uh, yesterday, who was the original member of the Raiders coaching staff. So 
to be able to, uh, you know, we've always had really good lacrosse minds here in, in Calgary. And um, to see just the evolution of the, the organization from Dave Fair to Christina Fair being involved now, um, I'm really proud of the organization and it's a long time coming. Speaking with Andrew McBride, the general manager of the Okotoks Raiders, I want to talk about the Victoria Shamrocks. But before we do that, Brider, I, a couple of guys that have really stood out to me offensively for sure have been Manti and Anderson, uh, two pretty dynamic players here. Manti can really crank from the outside, and, and, and Anderson, a real tough one-on-one matchup. What makes these two guys special? Well, I think Zach's doing a lot of things that, you know, the little things to make you successful. In, in the playoffs, he was kind of struggling to find the net a bit, but he really stuck to the game plan of cutting through the middle, trying to be unselfish and get things open, and he has a world-class class shot. He, he plays with an intensity um, he goes to the middle and he competes at a very high level. And when you have those attributes and you're not finding it maybe offensively at the start, it allows you to contribute to the game. So he's done a phenomenal job for us. He's really gotten to the net, really scored some big goals for us, and we expect that out of him tonight. Uh, Levi Anderson, a dynamic one-on-one player. Uh, he really is a hard check one-on-one. He demands a lot of attention from the other team. He can really put the ball in the net and and go to the middle of the floor and in a tournament like this, you need your best players to step up, and I think we've done a good job on the offensive end doing that. But the success for us tonight is going to be every one of those nine offensive guys playing, buying into what makes them successful and playing a team game. I think, you know, Coquitlam and Victoria did a great job of keeping them on the outside and winning their chances. Dunker, we saw the ball really well. We need to be buzzing with a lot of energy and play some unselfish lacrosse to get everybody involved. Going into tonight's game, I can't say you're the underdog. He definitely took it to Victoria last time. Made Dunkley look weak early on. Broke him down low quite a bit on the lefty side, and your transition game was pumping it in. What's it going to take tonight to get past him once again? Yeah, I thought he played really well today. I think we've had a good job of scouting what we think is going to be successful on him. Obviously, he's a very mobile goalie and an active goalie, and I think you could see the confidence he gained through the Coquitlam game. Obviously, being one of the, the goalies of the year, the MVP of the BC League, I think not wasting shots on him early, being really focused on, on trying to get high-quality scoring chances early um, is going to be very important. But we're shooting the ball extremely well right now. I think it's the best I've seen our team shoot the ball. But it's about being accountable and really focusing on taking quality chances and not wasting shots early and letting him get confident and be the MVP he was in the league. Uh, one more here for you, Andrew McBride. I know you got the boys waiting for you after shoot-around here. Uh, we've seen Jack Bruzel freeze play. We've seen Jackson Brown play. We saw Lane Rushka backing up last night. Just tell the fans here on the Cross Classified right now who's starting in the semifinal. Well, I mean, I think, you know what, we're confident in all our goalies. We have a good shoot around today. Yeah, I knew you were going to answer. I knew you were going to answer. We're gonna, I, I can I can play. We're going to go with JB, JB, as I like to call him. I like the short acronym. I think he's earned it all year. He's been our starter. He's been outstanding. Uh, he's a young goalie that's gaining confidence. He's a really funny kid on our team and well-respected. But, you know, we got a Minto experience under him last year. To to his credit, he's, he really came back after, you know, a, a tough Minto as a young goalie. But we're excited for the opportunity. I know he's really confident in his abilities. Um, and, and we're in a really fortunate situation where we have three really great young goalies that we have confidence in. And But you know what? Uh, as we call him, Shug, Shug's getting the start tonight. All right. There you go, Shug. I'm going to keep that uh, in the back pocket for semi-final Day four at Minto Cup. Best of luck, Andrew McBride, against those Victoria Shamrocks. uh, Trying to get your Okotoks Raiders into the Minto Cup final for the first time ever.
we're excited for the opportunity. It's going to be great, uh, great game all across tonight, and, and we can't wait to get started. So thanks for having me. Again. Can't wait myself. Thanks for doing this, and best of luck. That was Andrew McBride, the general manager. I, Twelve years now with the Raiders, Evan. That's uh, that's putting in some time in their program. Absolutely, and it, it, a tough one to to look at because, like I said, the Rocky Mountain League gets overlooked on a regular basis. This game tonight could be the biggest game for any Rocky Mountain League team in history. They make it to the final. This league has a whole new onset all of a sudden. Absolutely, and and the respect level will do up that much more. Let's uh, take a break here, Evan, and on the other side, we're going to talk to another man from Alberta, the head coach of the Founders champion, Calgary Shamrocks. Jason Crooks will join us here on Lax Class on the other side, right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Mike Poulin, goaltender for the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Class here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. A thank you always goes out to our friends at Pure Vital Labs. Saw Ryan Keller out at the Minto Cup last night wearing his PVL swag. And uh, sounds like he's going to hook me up with a, a bit of a package there, Evan. Uh, he noticed a little weight has fallen off my body. He says, time to get on some PVL supplements and really get to work. So uh, I think we're going to do that. Yeah, I know. I go with the carnitine and whatnot. I'm still trying to get the weight under control, but... Luckily, I haven't gained anything, and that's been a problem for me for the last five years. So. Well, I'm hoping yeah, I, I'm hoping I break in after uh, after we're done here. It's off to the gym, and then I like to come back and weigh myself when I'm like completely dehydrated because that's usually when I'm at my lowest. <laughs> but I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna weigh myself. I'm hoping to get into the teens today, Evan. Into the teens. Uh, we're close. Anyways, uh, big thanks to Pure Vital Labs, PVL.com. Anything else would be on Sportsman, like find them at Pure Vital Labs. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you here on Lax Class, and now joined by the Founders Champion, President, General Manager. He's the head coach, water boy, trainer, you name it. It's Jason Crooks on the program. Jason, thanks for doing this. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, by the sounds of it, it sounds like you, you were on the bone shaker all night back from Winnipeg to Calgary. Uh, I would imagine a pretty good time was had on the bus ride home last night. Yeah, for sure. The guys had a great time. Take us through that last possession for the fans that don't know you 26 seconds to go. You're up one. You were up five at the start of the period. Six Nations got three shots. I think the last one must have been on the line or something because Six Nations started to celebrate. My heart was in my throat. I imagine yours had to be in your throat too at that stage. <laughs> oh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, I just, all I could think was that our goalie, Jared Ferris, has been so solid for us for the last two years. And every time we've needed a big save, he's always been there for us. So I was hoping it stayed out. At the same time, we had a chance to pick up the ball two times in that series, and we didn't pick the ball up, and they got it back and got another shot. So I was, uh, needless to say, I was a little bit uh, anxious on the bench there. 
Yeah, you knew a team like that that got through the Ontario Junior B League was was going to make a run at it in the third period. That's exactly what they did. But you guys hang on for the 16-15 victory. And this is only the fourth time a non-Ontario team has won the Founders Cup. What You mentioned your goaltender and what he's done for you this year, Jason. What what about the rest of the squad here? What What is it that makes this team that you're coaching, you're the general manager of, so special? Well, a lot of it is our fifth years, our leadership group, right? We had three different guys last night that were fifth years that scored four goals each. All of those guys were drafted by me and Doug Doan uh, and, uh, you know, our captain, Colby Fraser. Everybody loves him. They call him daddy. He's he's a big leader in the room. Uh, one of the biggest differences from last year was having Cordell Hastings and Dylan Ferrier. Neither of those guys were with us last year. Uh, Cordell's a football player, so he had commitments at school last year, going to Acadia University. Uh, this year he was allowed to come, which obviously was a huge difference. Second in the tournament in scoring, just a phenomenal athlete, can do anything, makes lacrosse look easy most of the time. Speaking with the head coach, general manager, president of the Calgary Shamrocks, Jason Crooks, and, and for fans that don't know, the founders – tournament a very similar tournament to the president's cup tournament where you get provinces from across the country you're playing day after day there's a day in there where you play two games a day um it is an absolute meat grinder to get through that thing into the final and and you went into the round robin game against six nations both you guys were five and oh going into that round robin game and all i saw was the score i didn't get a chance to watch that game and it was 20 to 4 for Six Nations, and I thought, man, like nobody is beating this team. If two 5-0 and o teams just played and they got whacked like that, there's no chance for Calgary. But then I heard and learned that you rested, or I think it was you, rested a bunch of your players in that round-robin game, and, and that's probably because of the fact of what you go through during the week to get to that final and maybe playing a little bit of possum with the Rebels as well as you didn't want to show your full hand. Um, rarely does that kind of strategy work out in a championship final game like that, but it worked out for your Shamrocks. What was the thought process going into that? Uh, well, when we looked at the schedule, we really liked the schedule and getting to play Six Nations last. Uh, we felt confident in our group. We knew that Friday and Saturday were both going to be huge for us. When we got the win on Friday, we were just kind of waiting around on Saturday uh, until Six Nations played. Um we thought they would probably win, but we didn't want to, you know, uh, count on it yet. But we had two different lineups. The first lineup being if Six Nations lost and we needed to win that game. And the second lineup being if we wanted to rest guys. We identified five guys plus our goalie, Jared, that we wanted to rest. Uh, and we rested those guys. And people probably thought <laughs> it was a bad strategy at the time. But, I mean... Look back now, and it seems like it worked pretty well. Take us through the state of Junior B in the Rocky Mountain League. You got a lot of teams in Alberta, but you also have a lot of driving. You know, seven hours to Saskatoon, seven hours to Regina. It's what fourteen, I believe. You just drove back from Winnipeg. We don't get to see a lot about the RMLL, but take us through the grind that the season normally takes on you. Yeah, for sure. It's obviously a, it's a lot of weekend games because of the travel in the league. Uh, I believe that our league and the way that we've set it up with our playoff structure and everything uh, just fits perfectly for a Founders Cup scenario. We do a Memorial Cup style tournament 
to determine the league champion, which is a weekend where we just played, uh, I believe we played five games in three days. So if you can get through that, I think obviously Founders Cup is a step up in terms of uh, intensity and things like that. But at least in terms of playing games, it really sets you up for playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. Uh, our league is a lot of fun, partly because of that as well. With all the different teams, you don't see the same team over and over and over again. It's great. Uh, and being multi-provincial, I think, also is great. It's just great for us. It's great for Saskatchewan and Manitoba that they get to have real games throughout the season. Uh, we've always been a big supporter of that in the RMLL, of getting more teams in and getting teams more experience, helping teams out. So, yeah, I think it's great for us. Obviously, we've seen Red Deer have success in the past as well at this tournament. Uh, so I think we've got a, a pretty good uh, winning recipe going in the RMLL, and I hope that more people start to pay attention to it. Well, I'll tell you what I think is great, Jason, and that is the fact that the Calgary Shamrocks are now Founders champions. You are the president. You are the general manager. You are also the head coach of this team and uh, making a little history for the Shamrocks. Congratulations, and thanks for spending a little time here on Last Class with us. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Hasn't sunk in yet, but hopefully after I have a sleep here, it will. <laughs> yes, get some rest, and uh, thanks for doing this, and enjoy your championship summer. Thanks very much. I was Jason Crooks, the general manager, the president, general manager, head coach of the Calgary Shamrocks, and now can call himself a Founders champion. So Shamrocks win the gold, Rebels win the silver, and my Coquitlam Adnax Evan, back-to-back bronze medalists, for the Coquitlam Junior B ad next. Congratulations to Fayez Bardai and the gang for uh, coming home with a little hardware as well. No, uh, it, it is a tough grind, just like you said, just like the President's Cup. Uh, a lot of teams. Now, there's a lot of lopsided games just because of how it's structured and whatnot, but you guys still got to get through those games. You can't take anything for granted. And yeah, you and I sat there. <laughs> on Saturday night looking at this scoreboard and it's like, this is just going to be a, an atrocious final. And then we look at the scoreboard. That's when I had to turn on the YouTube feed almost instantaneously. It's like, what? Yeah. It was like 16, 10. This much? And, then it was 16, and, then, and then at the end of the game it was like 16, 10 and then it was 16, 11, yeah. 16, 12. And you're like, Oh man, here come the rebels. But that 16th goal or it was 15. And then they got that 16, 14 goal. And we're able to kind of hang on yeah. uh, and literally hang on for that championship. So congrats uh, to Jason and the Shamrocks. we got to take a break here, Evan. we got who you got coming up on the other side. Uh, it's not, not, not a great week for yours truly there last week. Uh, we'll try and improve this week. Another round of Stampede Tax. Who you got comes up next along with some news and notes before we wrap up the podcast here. We'll take a break and we'll be back right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Kylie O'Miller of The Fight of the WTLL. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars, throwing the game one podcast at a time. 
We are back. This is Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. It's Jake Elliott at Seven Sheminauer back with you. Big thanks to Andrew McBride and to Jason Crooks for joining us here on the program. A little Alberta-themed Lax class this week as the Raiders will play their semifinal game against the Shamrocks at the Minto Cup. And, this, and the other Shamrocks, the Calgary Shamrocks, are now Founders champions. Uh, it's time, Evan, for another round of who you got. It's presented by Stampede Tech in Western Wear, your complete source for boots and motorcycle leathers and gear. Summer riding season is here, and you need the right stuff when you're out there on your bike, your Honda, your Harley, your Yammy. Whatever you're riding out there, make sure you got the right gear on. And you can do that at Stampede Tech in Western Wear, online at stampede.ca, right there in Cloverdale. Um, so. Kevin Michael Winkler out at the Minto Cup. I think once we maybe once we get into World Championships, uh, once the hats run out, uh, we're going to get in some T-shirts maybe and, and get the hashtag who you got on the back from Stampede. Um, so keep that in mind. But uh, winner of last week's hat with a 4-1 and one record and got his picks in earlier than our other guy who had a 4-1 and one record. Uh, well, I can't. McLa- Ross McLaughlin was it Ross McLaughlin Evan who went four and one, but came in, but came in a little bit later. So sorry, Ross, you were close, but you're not our winner. Our winner is Jimmy Doodles, Jay Dudes from Orangeville, going four and one, has won the cowboy hat from Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Jay Dudes will be in touch via Twitter. I'm gonna slide into your DMs. And uh, going to get your email address, and we'll ship off a cowboy hat from Stampede Tack and Western Wear for you. Congratulations. Uh, now, keep in mind, we're recording and releasing the podcast here on a Monday because we have included the semifinal game at Minto Cup Day 4 as part of our five-game selection. So keep in mind, you want to listen early. You want to get your picks in just as fast as you can. Because if you tie somebody else and you get your picks in first, that's how you win. So keep that in mind as we get into Stampede Tax, who you got now. Evan, last week, you and Carly went You and Carly went three and two. Uh Carly now nineteen and twenty one. You are twenty three and seventeen. I went Two and three, and are now two. I'm now two full games behind you in the standings here at 21 and 19. Lots of time to go. No reason to panic yet. Uh, so I'm not going to just start flipping a coin or picking the opposites of you quite yet because we're not at that stage. I'm just two behind. I can chip away. Even if I just gain one on you this week, I'll be happy and, and get myself back into the mix here. So but this week, other than the one game, the other four are almost a coin flip. Yeah, so I mean it's it's uh it's a tough week of picks here, no question about it. And I get to host because you did better and I'm behind in the standings, so here we go. Minto Cup, day four. We mentioned it a bunch of times now. Semifinal, seven o'clock Pacific time. Get your picks in before then. And it turns out here, Evan, we thought the Raiders were going to be the two seed, but because of the scoreline last night, not that it makes a ton of difference because you just get to pick which bench and which jersey you want to wear, but after all that, Victoria ends up being the two seed. The Raiders are the three seed. It's the semifinal game to see who plays the Northmen. Evan, 
Raiders at Shamrocks. Who you got? What makes this one tough is how well the Shamrocks played last night. Because the two games before that, they looked god-awful. And maybe it's some of the rust from sitting guys from the BC final. Mm. Possibly. Who knows? I might even give you an opportunity here to get back in this. My gut's telling me it's the Raiders. Mm -hmm. The Shamrocks have had this all off season where they win one, lose one, win one, lose one. This is the night they lose one. I think the Raiders got them figured out, so I'm taking the Raiders. Whoa. Whoa. Raiders. Raiders. Okay. Um, We just had McBride on the program that usually spells good karma. Man, I, I just... The way Victoria played last night... Dunkerley looked like he found his game again. The scoring showed up. They held the annex to just seven. I'm going to go with Shamrocks here, Evan. I'm going to go with the Shamrocks here. I'm a little trepidatious, but I'm taking Victoria. All right, so different pick right off the get-go. Now, depending on who wins that semifinal game, I've taken game one in the minute because we got to get five games in. We don't know who Orangeville is going to play. You're taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Shamrocks. One of those two teams will be in the Minto Cup final to take on Orangeville. I'm taking game one here. So either the Shamrocks or Raiders in game one of the Minto finals. Evan, who you got? If we put a line on this, maybe it's an interesting pick. This is the easy one this week. Orangeville's just blown everybody out of the water. If they lose, if they don't win this thing 3 nothing. I'll be stunned. Mm. It, give me the Hornets. Yeah, I'm taking Orangeville too, and and I like I think they're on cruise control in this tournament, Evan. Like I don't even think they've played their best lacrosse. They haven't needed to, but they're making it look easy against the competition here in 2019 at the Minto Cup. I think it's going to be a three banger too, and that's no disrespect to these other teams because they earn the right to get there. But I just sometimes in a year. A team is just head and shoulders above the rest of the competition, and I think that's the case here for Orangeville. They got a fabulous offense, a stout defense, and then the best goaltender in the tournament, and I don't see anybody beating them anytime soon. So give me Orangeville as well, no matter who they play in the final. Uh, Game number three, MSL. Six Nations winning game one on the road in Peterborough, 12-10. So we got game two tomorrow, Evan, Tuesday, August the 20th, Peterborough at Six Nations. Evan, who you got? And, of course, that was an overtime game as well Indeed. last night. So uh, for no other reason than they're at home, I'll take the Chiefs. I will also take the Chiefs in – because they are at home, and if they can come up with this 2 nothing lead to start this series, going to put themselves in a real good position. I think they're aware of that. Peterborough, I'm sure, is aware of it as well. It could very well go to overtime again. This is one of those coin flip series. Like, you could pick either team, and you're not going to have – it's not going to be a bad pick because, I like, I don't I don't know, man. Like, I, I think all seven games could go to overtime, quite frankly. But I will take the home team. I took Peterborough in game one. Didn't come through for me. So I'm taking Six Nations in Game 2. We'll see if they can back up their Game 1 win. Uh, MSL bonus, Evan. We don't know who will have a lead in this series or whether it will be tied. But, again, because we got to get five games in here. 
MSL bonus game number three will take place on Thursday. Six Nations back at the Evan Root Center in Peterborough. Evan, who you got? Just don't see Peterborough going down three nothing. They're just too good for that. They're at home. Okay, yeah, they lost game one at home. How much does that matter? It sometimes does just because of player availability. Uh, give me the Lakers at home. Give me. Uh, this is getting a little boring, Evan. I'm taking the Lakers as well. I think you're right. I think Six Nations wins game two. They're going to be and no way Peterborough's going down three buzz, especially on their home floor. So give me the two-time defending champion Peterborough Lakers in game number three. And even if the series, even if they win game two, I still think they're going to win game three. So I'm taking the Peterborough Lakers, as are you. One more game to go. It's the WLA Finals. The series is tied up at one. Vic winning in double overtime in game one. Maple Ridge winning 10-7 in game two. Game three goes tomorrow back at the Q Center there in Victoria. Our boy Jimmer will be in tow in box number nine there at the Q. Brarts at the Shamrocks. Game three, Evan, who you got? Maybe before I make a pick, let me throw this one out there. Okay. Ben McIntosh puts up a four spot right off the hop after playing a PLL game the day before on the other side of the continent. It's pretty good. Is he is he in your top ten overall lacrosse players in the world right now? Overall. Over, overall. Overall. That's Field and box. Offensively, yes. Overall, like if you're talking overall players, I don't know. Offensively, no doubt about it. Overall, I'd have to consider that. Because he's so prolific offensively, but I like you don't see number 90 back there checking very often. No. But- so... So if you're talking overall, like I'm talking like Lyle Thompson, I'm talking like Jeff Shatler, I'm talking Jordan McIntosh, I'm talking overall guys that can get Dylan it done Ward. up, yeah, up, down, back, you name it, play any game you want. But Ben McIntosh, one of the best offensive players in, I, I mean, I put him top six offensive players on the planet right now. That being said, uh, the pick here. I'm going to go with the same strategy I employed last week in that because the game's on the island, mm-hmm. I'm taking the Shamrocks. Okay. And just to try and gain a little ground, I'm going to take the Birds, Evan. They came close in game one. We're just a goal away from stealing one on the road. Looked good in game two. Looked very good in game two. See if they can follow it up in game three. Game me Maple Rich. And it, it, it's going to be interesting. A guy like Pete Davinsky, who's been a revelation in Saskatchewan. Yeah. Does he finally get a shot somewhere? That would be the interesting thing well, this year. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, he's he's playing the best goal I've ever seen Pete Davinsky play. And good on him. Like, good on him. He was, he was a goaltender that Nanaimo. Didn't want. They had Claxton. They had Dejer Alamo, and we're like, uh, you went and played Senior B last year. Uh, you're welcome to not come back. <laughs> and they traded him to Victoria, and Vic- the Shamrocks were happy to get him. And you know, a lot of people going, well, is the goaltending in Victoria going to be good enough? We don't know. It, Pete Dubinsky, man, he's been really good through the playoffs. Like really, really good through the playoffs. Yeah. Uh- it, it, that's the dilemma right now is with more expansion teams, there's more chances out there. He hasn't signed yet, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to him. 
I mean, Saskatchewan, you know, you're going to be a practice roster player. You're hoping somebody almost gets injured just to get a chance. Mm. Maybe there's a chance for him somewhere else. We'll have to wait and see. We will have to wait and see. All right, picks are in, Evan. I'm two behind you. Uh, you got the Raiders. I got Vic tonight. We'll see what happens there. We both took Orangeville. We both took Six Nations. We both took Peterborough. And then the WLA, you got the Shamrocks. You like your or You got the Shamrocks. I got the Birds in that final game. So two out of the, th- the five picks different here this week. We'll see how it all plays out. And uh, don't forget, get your picks in. They're posted up on Twitter now. Make your selections. Do well. Win a hat from Stampede Tack and Western Wear. News and notes is how we finish up the podcast each week, Evan. Free agent signings uh, still trickling in through the National Cross League. Jesse King, John Lentz, Triolo, uh, Tyler Carlson signing there in Colorado. So they kind of they lose Steve Fryer, but they replace him with almost a carbon copy of a big team guy, good solid backup yeah. in, in Hot Carl. Yeah, uh, and that's exactly it. It's a situation where when you're playing behind Dylan Ward, you're not going to get a lot of floor time. You might get in one game for the season. Carlson's the perfect fit. Another guy that's on the board that has just recently signed, Westberg, is signed. Whoa, the Iceman. The Iceman down there in SoCal. Uh, that's going to be something to watch. That San Diego team there with Westberg in the lineup. Uh, going to look forward to that. Um, Brandon Miller. I don't know if we talked about this last week, and and I think a little people, some people are confused on it. I think I was confused on it a little a bit as well. And, and you and me both. Shout out to uh, Scott Loeffler who set us straight on Facebook. But you want to explain this Brandon Miller situation? He was signed by the Philadelphia Wings illegally, and and will sign again there on September first. But explain what happened. Yeah. So the info we originally had was bad that there was a. Uh, they had to wait until September 1st to sign him because he's a retired player. Not quite right. And thanks, Scott, for the correct information. He was on Toronto's retired list. Therefore, he's the property of the Toronto Rock still. So that's the reasoning that he could not sign at the time. Now, Toronto has since released him from the retired list. So he's allowed to sign somewhere else. Uh, but because Philadelphia acted prematurely, they are prohibited from signing him until September 1st. Whether it means that they're also going to lose a draft pick, we don't know. That's been the NLL's practice in the past, mm. that they lose a fifth-round pick for improper activity like that. Yeah, so Toronto, more or less, because he was on the retired list, they have to release him from their retired list so he can sign with another team because he's on their list. Even though he's retired, he's on a retired list, and he's still their protection. He's been released now. they got to wait till September 1st. He will sign with the Philadelphia Wings. Um, we'll see if they lose. Speaking of fifth-round picks, Evan, uh, I had a bit of a discussion with, with one of my peers, if you will, here in Vancouver, a media member, about fifth and sixth round picks in the National Lacrosse League, whether they mattered or not. You took the time to go through the draft order for, what, the last, like, decade or so. Thank you, Corporal. Yeah, and (laughs) yes, uh, shout out to the Corp, for sure, back there in Minnesota. Swarmitup.com, if you want to check out the best website for draft information as far as the National Lacrosse League goes, check out swarmitup.com. Fantastic website for that. 
Um, but you went through the last draft results for like the last decade and compiled a list of players who were drafted in the fifth or sixth rounds. We talked to one that was drafted in the ninth round last week, Bruce Codd. But this list of fifth and round six, sixth round drafted players is, I mean, there is some good, good players on this list. Yeah, and now the thing, now let's keep this in perspective. Normally, every year there would say be one or two that happened to make an active roster at some point. Sometimes it actually took a little while for that player to get on. But you know, the the talk was about you know, especially with Vancouver uh, drafting an ineligible player. Does it matter? Well, that's kind of how the conversation well, started. That's how the conversation started, yeah. saying, well, he drafted an eligible player, and his argument was, he's a fifth round. Who cares? It doesn't matter. They don't matter. And I said, you're wrong. They do matter. And you look at the list, Evan. You got former transition player of the year, Joey Capito. You got former defensive player of the year, Ryan Dilks on there. You got the dangerous one, Dan Dawson, a sixth-round pick as an instant Hall of Famer and an all-time great. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Bottom line, fifth-round and sixth-round picks, they matter. I mean, the roster was actually a legit NL roster, like what Eric Penny was on there. Um, oh, yeah, Justin Salt. Like, there Justin was probably Salt four was or five there. Vancouver Warriors alone that are on their active Jordan roster. Gillies was on there. Yes. So, um, put that argument to bed right now. Fifth and sixth round picks, they matter. They all matter. And don't tell those guys that get drafted in the fifth and sixth round pick that they don't matter because, I mean, those that that's a huge day and accomplishment for a player to be drafted into the national. Whether they make it or not, just to be drafted is a huge accomplishment. So, um, go away with the argument that fifth and sixth round picks don't matter. That's ridiculous. Okay, uh, senior A playoff, we've we've kind of updated it. Chiefs up one nothing there. Berards and Shamrocks are tied 1-1. Minor Nationals get started tomorrow from Coquitlam. Don't forget about this. The best kids from across the country at the minor. Peewee, Bantam, Midget, girls, boys, you name it, have all descended into Coquitlam. They'll play games for the next four days straight at uh, the Palace on Poirier there. Uh, some games being played at Queen's Park Arena as well. You can check out every... you got a friend, family member, playing, can't make the trip out to BC. You can find all the games on Lacrosse TV. Lacrosse underscore TV dot com is where you can find it. Every single game will be streamed for you right up through the gold medal games, opening ceremonies. All of it uh, will be available for you. Minor Nationals, Lacrosse TV. Check them out. Uh, you're up today in the Minto. You know what happened at the Founders. And that's all I got, Evan. You got anything else you want to get off your chest before we go here? Well, other than I finally broke my hex with betting with Jim Ellis. I finally won. One all right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but nothing. You didn't win anything, though. It was just for bragging rights. No, I know. I still think I own about 16 beers at this stage. It kept. It was a... Double or nothing, double or nothing. It just keeps racking up. <laughs> uh, Jim, Jimmer's a gin guy anyway, so just grab my bottle and, and be done with it. Uh, okay, I think that's it, man. Uh, that's it. Andrew McBride, Scott Crooks, thanks for coming on the program. Our sponsors, of course, Associated Labels and Packaging, Pure Vital Labs, 
And Stampede Tack and Western Wear, a big thank you to them for their continued support. Of course, to you, the listener, for checking out Lax Class every single week, usually on Tuesday, coming at you on a Monday today, however. Uh, thanks for listening to Lacrosse Classified every single week. You guys are the best. Get your picks in. Win yourself a cowboy hat. Congratulations to Jimmy Doodle on winning last week's hat and a new one up for grabs this week. Uh, For now, we will get you on your way. For Andrew McBride and Scott Crooks, thanks for coming on the program. Thanks to you for listening. Evan, thanks uh, for doing what you do, my friend. And let's go. I've been Jake Elliott for Evan Sheminar and the fastest game on two. Oh, I've got to get this in there. Don't forget to follow us on social media at shimlax at pxp for sports is where you can find us the show is at wax class and of course subscribe to the podcast that's the best way to do it just hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts and you never have to worry about it again it's fabulous technology all you have to do is try it out all right now we're gone for evan Sheminauer, i've been jake kelly for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator enjoy the games everybody